This is a major episode of Getting Curious, and welcome! I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. And today, in a first of our series, in a first ever, we... Oh, it's literally the first time I've ever recorded an episode in the field on the set of Queer Eye, where I ask Tan France, Bobby Burke, Karama Brown, and Anthony Porowski, Have you missed us? Welcome to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness. I'm reporting live from the trailer of Queer Eye. Here we are with the five hosts of Netflix's Emmy-winning series. Uh, the host of uh, did the, you cult- the show. What? Did you forget the name of the show? <laughs> did I not oh, say Queer Eye? You did not say the name. Oh. Uh, the uh, series. Sir, can you tell us your Queer name? Eye. My name is Tan France. And, and what's your category oh, on the show? Uh, and I, uh, I'm the fashion guy of the show. <laughs> wow. He's the gun handler. And then then who are you, sir? Hi, I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby Design, as people call me sometimes. Bitch, Bob the Builder is the name, bitch. Bob the Builder. Okay, wait, I've got well, one bit of information. People for the longest time thought that our I last name was Chani Fashion. My name like, Bobby Design. So I'm like, truly. What are you talking about? You've never heard of On that? the show. Oh, on the credits. <laughs> no, for real, I've heard it too. People are like, oh my god, I always thought your last name was Design. I'm yeah. Like, don't you think that's weird? I know. <laughs> I thought my name was so Jonathan so Grooming. Yeah. No, but they thought my name was Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm devastated. Sir, can you tell us your name? You, People, it's 2021 and no one's that's people oh, too scared no, to call I, me wait a minute. Karamo Culture. No, 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 they know my, better than me. My, my dad called him Romeo the other day. Hey. He's like, he's like, will you tell that Romeo hi? God, I love him. I go, do you mean Karamo? He's hey, like, Romeo, yeah, 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 yeah. This is Karamo, aka Romeo. I'm single. Hit me up on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, what everyone came here to listen to today was the most exciting story that I almost uh, neglected to record until... That's actually what we were starting with, and I was trying to figure out how to get into it. Uh, can you tell us your name, sir? So my name is Anthony. I do food on Queer Eye, but more importantly, I have a very important story to share with everybody. And I actually have a question for you, Julian. Oh, okay. So I woke up yesterday, and my nose hurt so much. It was extremely sore. Come in. And I thought that I had oh, this tiny little pimple. And then, Sorry, we're just getting ready. We're just fine. No, no big deal. And I couldn't, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I was plucking my nose hairs, as one does, because I used to use a nose trimmer like Karamo's using right now. I am using it right now. But that would give me ingrown hairs, and so I stopped doing it. So I started plucking. And always in my right nostril, I would always develop this pain. And so I finally plucked one out, and then I felt something. And so I decided to, like, flip my nose fold. Well, can you tell us what nostril this was on? It was in my right nostril. Wow, that's your sun side. My that's your masculine side. So your my, sun side. So my masculine really nostril, mm-hmm. I flipped it open, and I saw what literally looked like... You could it, it looked like a, white, a small white marble. Okay, so if you think about your nostril as a clock... And the 12 o'clock is like the tip of your nose, and the 6 o'clock is like it was the part. It 10 o'clock. On your right nostril. Yeah. Oh, wow. So up and down. Wow. It was like up on top. And so I took tweezers. And there was a white head? There was a massive white head. And then with like a couple of hairs around. So what I did was I took. Tan, don't you leave this. Tan, where's Tan? I took I took tweezers. Can we pay attention, please? Yeah. Well, there's so, a mirror out here, Tam, for you to curl your lashes. I don't think you should get to miss the story. So I took tweezers and I disinfected them with a lighter, obviously. Mm. And then I put them in when they were a little too hot, so that hurt. So I let them cool down. Mm-hmm. Do you have to disinfect tweezers with a lighter? Yeah, it's, sure? yeah we like it's, we saw it on a movie. <laughs> it was in a movie. You're right. Yeah, it's on a movie. You're right. Yeah. And so I popped it, 
pus came shooting out, wow. and then it what was literally, like? it was, it didn't smell like very much. Did you taste it? I did not taste it. Oh, okay. And there was a massive seed that was. Was like, that gross, Sinaj? I'm sorry. It was, the size, it was the size of, like, do you know Faro, the grain? Yeah. yeah. Which is, like, oh. bigger than rice. Wow. Yeah. So a massive seed just came out. I bled, I cried, and I screamed. Did Kevin see any of this? No, he, he's not into this. <laughs> I, I tried, but he was not so into now it. So I'm going to stand right <laughs> And then I felt immediately better. I'm oh, sure. oh, oh, wait. So what Wait. What was the size of Faro that came out? It was a white head. It was like a one little, like, it looked like a massive rice grain that just came out. It was like that, the, the solid part of the white head. Who is that? Wow. Oscar. Oscar. Oh, um, so I just want you guys to know these are some of the names that we're talking about. Sanaj is our Hello. makeup artist. Hello. We love Sanaj. Uh, Oscar, can you tell us what your job is here on Queer Eye? Oh my God, I'm the COVID supervisor. I need to make sure that everybody is safe at all times. But we need to have some fun, so that's what we do. I'll make sure to mortified when he saw us trying to dance the other day. No, that's not entirely true. Mortified. So, so we do like have I some. Mortified. Yeah, I just we have funny. we have great support here on Queer. <laughs> we have Oscar. He's our COVID compliance like, officer, yeah. Sinaj, so who is currently doing Anthony's hair. <laughs> for a scene she's getting his hairline together can you tell us what is the most exciting part of your job Sinaj <laughs> trying to wrangle all five of you together at one time but do we have very much fun very much so <laughs> technical my side you probably think it's more fun than I who stresses you out who stresses you out the most <laughs> oh that's a good question who stresses you out Sinaj tell us who stresses Sinaj, you out why are you sweating I can, tell you, you I can say this it's not time fronts because you I think it's time you don't for everyone take care of, you don't take care of it's not Karamo. Who, it's one of the white people who shuts you out the most. <laughs> it's definitely not me. It's definitely not me. It's not me. We I have the most fun. I feel like um, someone is calling me on set. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really slick of Sinaj. But so, so what I hear you saying is, is that your nose is better, right? My nose is so much better, and it's like healed over pretty quickly. Good, good. So, um, I just had my attention brought to something, which is that I don't want to do spoilers, but Tan just took my breath away. He has a pair of pants that have an entire star that cover his... Booty. Your, your actual butthole. Sorry, I'm trying... I'm can you comment on your... Can the, you comment on... Oh, it's like a little I do have a strip right okay, well, like, Can you comment on the fact that the star is kind of over I will give you a, an exclusive. Mm -hmm. I'm often concerned that people don't know on my body where I might enjoy their attention. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Jonathan so, is often <laughs> trying to find my nipples or my butt, and so I made I it easier by putting a star dress. Ooh, she's a star. star is Tan, star. do you want to comment on the fact that your oh yes nipples are some of the most gorgeously placed nipples of all time? Oh, everyone, he's gonna, she's gonna show. I us. wish we had. I wish we had a way to show. They're kind of like on the three o'clock of your pecs, which is kind oh. of like really gorgeous. Hold on, I love that. Hold on, this is the funny part. This is a podcast, so no one can see him. But this bitch still took I'm down his shirt. <laughs> but you could without him taking out his because shirt. You're such an exhibitionist. They're really pretty, Tan. Why are you putting your tongue on Tan? Queer Eye exclusive. 
It's Tan France is an exhibitionist, and yes. people should know this right now. I well, pretend to be shy, but I'm really not. He's not at all. Tan. Yeah, baby. He pretends you, to be wholesome. This is the cutest the outfit I think I've ever seen. Right. Tan, can you tell us how your, um, <laughs> a bit, how has your vertical changed over the years that's on Queer Eye? Um, oh, God, that's a good question. Um, yeah. I, it has changed oh, because it's gotten a lot harder to come up with uh, well, outfits you, that people can. Oh, yeah, sure. um, you got yours? The, oh, I did, sorry. So, okay, real, real, real talk. After 50 episodes, it's hard to come up with something fresh considering that most of the people we're helping are middle Americans. Like, they don't. They don't. What are you trying to no, say? No, that's Tan? not. I'm not denigrating anybody out there. However, they're not the most you experimental. You live in Utah, Tan. They're not the most experimental. Not all of them are willing to wear a big star on their butthole. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Can you say that again? That was very funny. I said not all of them would be willing to wear a big star on their butthole. Wait, Tan, how do you respond to that? We're trying to kill a mosquito. Oh, um, I got it. Um, not all Americans are willing to wear a star on their butt. However, uh, I'm a person of color. I get to display with fashion. No, I love your your fashion is the prettiest. Well, do, do you understand what I'm saying? It's hard. Bobbers, we're doing a podcast. It is hard. It is hard when the people that we're helping usually don't care that much about clothes. So I would love to put them in something that's really fun. But most of them say, no, I just want to wear the most basic thing you'll ever find. It's oh, really difficult. It's so and you know this about with your vertical, sometimes you want to go... Balls to the wall, but you can't. So you feel like you. Sometimes you want to go balls to the star. Come here, Tan. <laughs> so you feel like. Lies. So you feel like what is. So you feel like what has changed is that um, it. You feel like you would. You just want to keep. You just want to keep it fresh, is what you're saying. I want to keep it fresh, but it's really hard. So I'm finding it, what has changed is it's getting harder and harder to keep it fresh, because I think people are constantly reminding me that this is a show about normal people who expect to wear normal clothes and I want to be able to give them something that they'll it wear outside fashion. of the show. Oh. But no, no, that they'll wear outside the show. I realize that it's not about fashion. It's about giving them something that is a better version of what they already had, mm. but is something that they can live in and and feel good in their Tag in their normal life. Very setting the record straight moment. It really but, is. This is my moment. But, but what do you straight. say to the people who say that they want you to dress people in like the outfit that Bobby wore? Or no, was it who wore the baby hit me one more time outfit? <gasps> Bobby. What do you say I to the people that say that. that you that we want you to dress more people in that outfit if and I French do, tuck their entire outfit in spandex? If I, if, if I could do that to everyone, I would. But I know that you're also going to come for me. I heard rumors. I I, actually, that. I heard unconfirmed rumors that you were thinking about dressing some of the heroes on season six in full body spandex outfits. Can you confirm sauce? or deny Name that? I can't do that. I'm a, I'm a journalist at Chase It. I can attest to the fact that you will feel like smelling like fish sauce when you take that off. Why? Because I sweat Ew. four gallons. Oh, that was it was she you can't breathe through it. You can't breathe. It's oh, you smelled like fish sauce. I thought I was going to smell. Like I was like, Bobby, that's so kind of rude. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a mixture of the weird material smell. The, yes. the material smelled like fish. Yes. Yeah. So oh, I took it off. I wow. Like, yeah, that's I, I like I like that. That Dewey, was a good... I was going to keep it. And Dewey said, no, you're not. You're leaving it right there on the floor. Bobby, can you tell us how what has been excluding this season? Because, you know, we can't do spoilers. What has been one of your most rewarding makeovers on the show? Oh, one of my most rewarding. I would say probably Jess and the Jones sisters. Uh, uh, Rihanna, too. God, there are there's so many. 
But I, the Jones sisters, I think so much because not only did it change their their lives personally, it, it changed their business. Oh yeah, that's true. And, and it catapulted them onto literally the international stage and has allowed them to build a brand. And Karamo, literally recording a podcast. All right. Go into another room. No. We're in a one-room trailer. I love it. <laughs> There's two rooms. How Karamo, dare you? Karamo, why don't you go to your There's trailer? A, a flimsy partition door. Yes, Jackie. Mm. Don't you flirt with me. You're on camera. Um, This is only recording. Oh, That's oh, how okay. podcasts work, Jen. <laughs> oh, it's not a shirt. It's like, I took my shirt off for nothing. Um, okay, so... Wait, so... Okay, so what about... But also... Okay, so that's also cute. What about your most difficult... Oh. I, you know, I think the most difficult one would have probably have been Wesley just because of the scale of it. So it wasn't just about going there to make things pretty, it was about making things functional. Mm. And it, oh as ADA compliant as I can t- it make oh them. So mm. that, difficult right. just because there yeah. was a lot of construction that yes. went with it normally we don't have to do. Mm. Oh. oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, you know what? We are going to, we are going, no, we're going to take, take, take a quick break. We're going to be back with Morgan and Curious right after this. Tan. Yes. That was a very chaotic opening of the podcast with everyone in here you getting ready. Chaos, yes. Wow, let's take a deep breath. Ha! Ah, that's nice, isn't it, Tan? Yeah, that's nice. Can I hold my own bike? Yeah, so Tan, you've had a really, um, you've had some big developments in the last year. Yeah. Can you take us back to, was it, June of last year, July of last year. When, when when was the month that you became a citizen last year? June. It was June. 23rd, I believe. So it's almost been your first year as a full-on United States citizen. How does it feel a year in? <laughs> Is it as bad as you thought it would be? or No. Yeah, uh, uh, real talk, real talk, right? You like to say real talk when you're really going to be fucking serious. So I'm curious about yeah. what's going to no, be said. No. I got so many people saying, oh, isn't it a shitty time to become an American citizen? For me, honestly, it wasn't. I... I really wanted to vote, and it, this isn't meant to be political at all, but I truly, legitimately wanted to vote. And it just felt really important for me. So becoming an American citizen in time to to cast my ballot felt lovely. So I was really happy about that, doing it last year. Um, I mean, it's it was such a pivotal year, and I love that. And it's okay for that to be overtly political. I think that's a great, yeah. great thing for that to be. Yeah. So... I have a question, but we, it, I mean, obviously it's only on these three recorders so we can, but it took like a really long time. 20 years. Like, you guys, could, could just, just two, zero. Two full decades. I, so not necessarily to become a citizen. I, I'd only been applying for about two and a half years, three years. But you, uh, what many might not understand, you know this all too well because your wonderful husband also went through this process, but there's like a full-on tractor trailer coming outside <laughs> of our out of our trailer right <laughs> now. Wanted a gander. They're not actually here to work. Um, I I went through many different versions of uh, visas to get to the point where I was in a position to be able to get my citizenship because mine and Rob's marriage was not legal in this country. It was in the UK, but not here. When you first got married, yeah. So we got married in the UK. But it wasn't recognized in the, U- the U.S. What year was that? Oh, 2009. Right. 10. And so uh, you got... Wait, the- so are you telling me... Are you are you being to tell me that you don't remember the exact year that you and your husband got married in Neither the United Kingdom? Neither 
We're not those kind of romantic people. We couldn't give a shit. We don't remember. We, we have like a couple of anniversaries. Uh, one when we got married in England, one when we got married in America. We've forgotten literally every year. We're not the kind of people that remember dates. And it doesn't bother either. So we'll have to go back in your like photo, yeah. your photo album or we something. Tried, we had to figure it out for the citizenship. And I think it was. Was it the year after Beijing or was it the year of Vancouver? I don't live my life by figure skating or gymnastics. I don't know. Wow. But yeah, around about 2009, I think. So then you guys were married. And then when you would come to the, to the U.S., you would just do like a. But you guys had DOMA. Yeah. And but so- that didn't pass. It, or did it? It hadn't passed uh, until like seven years ago, eight years ago. And so we, so I wasn't allowed to get my uh, my green card the way you got yours for Mark. That wasn't an option for right. us. And so it, it just added so many years. So I had to come over to this country on like... Estes visas then, right? No, I... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, like Estes. tour, yeah. Yeah, so I... Tourist or whatever. They would give me up to... 90 days, yeah. To, depending on how racist the guy was who I would see at Border Patrol, sometimes they'd say, you can stay two weeks. One time, truly, I swear to God, and I don't use that lightly, uh, once when I was coming through Chicago, I was meant to have three months, and the guy, as he started to speak to me, said, you are not welcome here. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, you are not welcome here. You keep coming into this country and staying a full three months. You go home to your country for three months and then come back. This is not your home. I'm like, holy shit. But you can't argue with them because- You know what I would have said? This is my home. <laughs> Remember, you are but, a white person. But what if you're but what if your gorgeous, like Pakistani British self had been like, this is my home. I, I wonder if it would have warmed home. his heart if you would have been like no, a little musical number. He was number. a little overzealous. Believe me, nothing was warming his heart. If you would have shown him one of your pecs, I feel like that if I tried. I tried. My super high nipples didn't work. <laughs> On our last podcast, I wonder, did I tell the story of meeting your Russian counterpart with your twin nipples? You did not. It only happened recently. No, that was a long time. That was like pre... No, because like I stopped... two years ago. Well, I stopped going to Equinox after I realized that that old man was a Trump supporter. Yes. So then I stopped going. But you and I shot your... Uh, or recorded uh, Getting Curious a long time ago. Go on. I just know that there was this man in the locker room who was Russian and... He had nipples in the exact same place on his chest that you do. And then you called me immediately to say, oh my gosh, and I just met your twin. And I was like, you met a South Asian guy? You're like, no, your nipple twin. Yes, it was your nipple <laughs> twin. Because you have the most beautiful, like, um, so, I'm so like, I'm not really jealous about you for anybody. Can you describe it to the audience if they haven't seen my Yeah, so your account? nipples are like, Tan has these nipples that are like, kind of like, like not weirdly high on your chest. They're just like in the most perky yet muscular position. And they're kind of like, they're just like a little, they're exactly where I have always wished that mine were, but could never be. Cause there's like a really, yeah, they're kind of like, they're just like this like really. I do like my nipple placement. They're just a little higher than... uh, I just caressed the tip of Tandy's nipples just now. I am wearing a sleeveless top. And so it's very <laughs> With your jeans unbuttoned. Yeah. Okay, no, we should describe the scene. I am sat here with my shoes off and my grandma socks, which are my uh, no-shows, but they're nylons. And I'm in tan sandals. Yeah, but my nylons are nude color but for white people. <laughs> my jeans are on button because I just ate lunch. <laughs> 
And I've got a really um, revealing shot. Okay, but wait. So you literally became a citizen. You yes. got to cast your vote for gorgeous um, yes. Biden and Kamala. Yeah. And then, and then it was like the holidays, and then you yes. were in Utah. And immediately and after he won, I just felt calm again, which was so nice. I it took me like two weeks. Nine, because it, was, it took because remember we didn't know for like a long time yeah but still I just felt that God is good and he knows that we need his help right now and so I felt it from from the the day I voted I was like I, yeah, he's oh I, I had acid reflux uh-huh. on inauguration day yeah I got loud by 10 in the morning I was insta throwing it was I was yes. really out of my mind but, but back to 2020 because we have no yeah. no so when okay so I've never asked you this but obviously if anyone's fucking not living under a rock they would know that you and Ramba literally got pregnant yes and it happened we found out on Christmas Eve which was the greatest gift anyone could have given us for Christmas I'm not a Christmas kind of person but that brought me so much happiness um, and so we've been going through the process for a while we've wanted kids for so many years now you really have you've been saying that yeah. for a minute um, and so we finally made it happen we started the process just after COVID hit because we didn't know when we'd have weeks and weeks available to us that isn't our right. life as you know and so it just meant that we could get everything done to be in a position to be able to go through the surrogacy process so we found out Christmas Eve we are now five months in wow wow so wow Tanny Banny you're gonna be a dad again you are my first child I know, did you, did you sense the jealousy? I did. You know, okay, uh, again, we'll uh, be very honest with our audience. This is what you and I are about. Um, <laughs> I called Jonathan to tell him. Uh, and I didn't tell anybody early. You did a really good job. I did. The response was, what about me? <laughs> oh, I yeah. Told, oh, you, I so told you, him that I finally done something that I wanted to do for 15 years by having a baby. And he smiled and said, but what about me, Jenny? <laughs> yeah, that was like the fifth thing I said. It was not your alignment you guys I help. said, oh. I, mean, I think I said like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. But what about me, Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know the yeah. first thing I didn't say was what about me. I said there like, oh my God, I'm so happy oh for you. Oh my gosh, that's great, Jenny. What about so me? So you're going to help or try to paint I me am. in that light. Right. None of us are going to hell. We're way too cute to go to hell, Tan. So you are going to be a dad. I am. Hopefully this summer, yes. And what if they're surprised triplets? We would know by now. I don't think no. that's true. No, so what we just found out, what we just found out was that there's only 10 news. minutes until breaking news. <laughs> Tan has to be on set in 10 minutes. Our lovely Sinaj just let me know that I've got 10 minutes until I go back on set. What do you need, what do you need to know? Hit me with it. So you and Rob are going to be daddies. We sure are. But we're gonna take a quick baby room before that. We just decided. You're going, going to somewhere gorgeous. Yeah. Somewhere we've been trying to go for years, but haven't had the time. Okay, wait. Vacation. So, uh, uh, reparenting. Yes. What are you most nervous about about becoming a parent? You know, we've talked about this a lot over the last few weeks, which is, you know, when uh, any of your siblings, I know they're all kids, but have you gone to visit them in the hospital? No. Okay. So when you go to visit your sibling in a hospital and they've just had a baby, you hold the baby. Your hair is going to be a mess. Yeah. After you push that baby out. And once the baby starts to cry, you give them back to the parent. And both of us are like, we can't give the baby to anyone when he cries. (laughs) 
you just take him home and you're left to your own devices? And the answer is yeah. You just left to your own devices. Doesn't that sound terrifying? A little bit. Sounds scary. Yeah. Bobby's just entered. Hello. Um, so we were just hearing Bobby from Tan about what he's most nervous about to become a dad and what he just said was... That moment when the surrogate has the baby, but then the baby is technically ours now. So they hand you the baby, the baby starts to cry, and I'm worried that I'm going to look around the room and say, yeah, who do, I, who do I give this baby to? Or maybe you could just say to the surrogate, like, do you have one more week on your contract? Could you just... <laughs> and and, 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 and then your pediatric nurse husband yes. is going to kick oh. in. Oh yes. my God! He's gonna take the baby. Yes, I forgot. Yes, Rob is a pediatric nurse husband. He was, but yes, but he's still probably licensed or whatever. He's gonna get it renewed real soon. But yes, he, <laughs> but he knows how to like burn babies and like it. do all and that baby stuff. I've had so many nieces and nephews. I feel really comfortable, but just the, the first night scares me a little bit. And I'm assuming yes. most parents feel that way. No nanny yet. Okay, we can talk about it. So we uh, we well, were. Let me say it louder. Do you have a nanny? I'm the wet. Well, I'm the wet nurse. Oh yeah, uh, Jonathan's the wet nurse. For the first few. I'm already on my hormones <laughs> and on my all my stuff, so I'm gonna be the wet nurse. And I'm gonna buzz my and I'm gonna buzz my nipples so that like oh, I don't get like nipple hair in your baby's mouth or anything. And they just got that bit of texture of stubble, which is always lovely. Oh, should I wax? Wax. Okay. And then, Ew, I don't want to do that, Tian. <laughs> I feel weird already. My, Can my, you imagine if I had... I, I mean, I, you know what? If it meant that it was going to keep your baby fucking fed... You would do I it. I would do it, Tani. It takes a village. I would literally do it if I had to. <laughs> Ew, but I hear that, like, they really, like, chew on it, and it gets oh, all yeah. raw and upset and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, I would be like, stop really chewing intense. on my fucking nipples, baby. Have some... Formula. <laughs> no, so actually, now that I just realized, I, I I would give that baby formula. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like gonna wax my nipples and like get an infected oh, nipple no, gland you. for well, your baby. Will Sarah can have milk? Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. Gonna, we're gonna go straight on to formula. Straight on. Oh, you're just gonna. Well, that was, is that yes, like a personal? Do you wish? How about you go gaily on the formula? Okay, so this is really fun. This is like a really fun practical question. Um, as a gay man who is having a baby with your husband, what are like? all the invasive questions that you would prefer that people like don't ask you like have we already like titrated there no like, what, no, like, no no do people keep coming up to the you the only like, weird question that people ask it's different when it's you lot your oh, I've known you all for years it's when strangers ask who is the biological parent and I just think that's an awkward thing to you ask you know what I wanted to ask that's a little bit not your yeah business. yeah go on ask it ask it it's me Oh, for the first time ever, Jonathan is shy to ask a question. Go, ask Did me. you and Rob have, like, a dirty, nasty three-way in real life? It was all done in a facility. Oh. Oh. I wish I, I could have been there to be your guys' fluffers. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have been there to have been, like, doing dirty dances for nice. you guys, like, live entertainment. And then we can tell our child in the future, well, you were inspired by you Jonathan Van Ness. You were the king of love. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what happened, and then, so... And then we came to shoot Queer Eye. Tam, we love you so much. We are so I happy for the too. new developments in your life Thanks. and your family and your gorgeous body and your gorgeous Thanks. face and your gorgeous husband and your soon-to-be gorgeous baby. Thanks, my love. I appreciate I it. Bet your baby already is, I bet your baby already is gorgeous. That was like the rudest thing I've ever said. I love you so much. Uh... Bobby, can you step over into my office just to give you guys a description? Bobby was just lounging across from us. Now Tan's going inside. He's buttoning his pants. And Bobby's going to sit next to me on this couch. He's going to get comfortable. 
Tan is buttoning up his pants. And he's going to... Do you want your flip floppies, Tan? You're so gorgeous, Tan. <laughs> and Bobby... Hi. Your pecs are firm. They are toit. Bobby's been on a journey. Sorry. I'm You've really been on a journey with your thruple... Zach. Oh, you know what? It's so funny. Everyone always thinks he's our thruple. One night we had a new friend over that was a friend of a friend, and we were talking about her marriage and how they hadn't been together that long, and their sex life was already starting to fizzle out. Oh. And she found out how long Dewey and I had been together, and she's like, oh, what's the key to success? And I was like, well, honestly, a good sex life, um, it's really important. And the whole time we were sitting there telling her that, she was looking over at Zach in the kitchen going, uh-huh, I'm sure that's a key to a good sex life, having that muscle of marinara over there, and it's your and so as we sit down to dinner, he's like, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. And she's like, wait, where is he going? I'm like, home to his wife. And she's like, oh, I totally thought he was your third. And no. that's how you get the good sex life. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's my brother. So, Bobby, yeah. here we are. We're on set. It's season six. We have the trailer to ourselves. So, Bobbers, <laughs> what is the thing? I feel like, well, we talked a little bit about that. What is the thing that, and I don't think we talked, well, maybe we did, but I'm going to say it again. Oh, actually, no, I have a better question. What is your, like, favorite thing right now about, like, interior design world? Like, what's the new, like, foliage? What's the new balayage? What's the new trends? Is it Venetian plaster? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it concrete floors? You know? It's dense. It's nooks. <laughs> Uh, the big thing in home design right now is honestly work from home spaces. People converting, like really focusing on having a separate workspace in their home. Yeah. And I think that's what people are putting their money and their time into because so many people are working from home. So many people are going to continue working from home for the foreseeable future, maybe forever. Um, so it's really decking out home offices now. Um, like, yeah, there was never really something I ever got a request for in people's homes before. Now it's first thing on their list. What is the biggest mistake people make when designing a new space? Um, trying to do it with a spouse. <laughs> oh. So is that also like maybe too many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah. Well, it's, it's fine if you do it with a spouse when you have a spouse that don't care. But when you have a spouse that's really, both are very opinionated about design, it is best for you both to take a step back and hire somebody to do it. Or I have a friend do it it's because that way you're going to save your marriage. Interior, oh. yeah. interior designers we always say we're designers but we're also marriage counselors yeah, yeah it's a lot of like it's a lot, it yeah. is a lot of like co-decision making yeah, and it's your home so it's very important so if that's something that you know as a couple you're probably going to butt heads with just don't do it so just bring somebody else in is Dewey pretty like chill he used to be now he has so many opinions like Which, what it's my fault my, it's my, because before he had no taste mm. and I cultivated his, his design mm. taste well I don't I, let me take that back he had taste no, he had like air quote oh yeah, yeah. I mean he, he, he never, did have a, he had a sense of what he thought was cute he had never made a home before I mean we met a week before med school so he lived in like student housing you know he had never put together a home so back in the day he didn't care what I did he just let me do it now though after seeing me do it for years and being immersed in design for a long time now he has opinions luckily though most of his opinions grew out of my personal aesthetic and my so it works together together. so you guys have been together for 18 years wow that's old enough to have created a voting individual oh god oh god you're right 
I could be your daddy. And 2000, no, I'm 34. Yeah, I could But be that your dad. means 2000. I when I was six. So, but you guys got together in 2003? 2003, 2004 ish. It's almost 18 years. In the middle of the Bush administration. Yeah, yeah. The Bush era. I mean, that's actually a really interesting era in time because that was well before marriage equality was a thing. That was before it was even a, a twinkle in our eye. Like, we didn't even think that was possible. So that was my question. So when you... When did you start to believe that marriage equality was a possibility? It wasn't until Obama got in office and people started actually talking about it because before it wasn't even... I mean, the administration before, which was a Democratic administration, Clinton... He was like, the don't ask, don't tell her. So it was still like, we don't even really, we're not even going to talk about how we have LGBTQ people in our service serving our country. We're definitely not going to talk about them actually getting married. Um, so it wasn't until Obama that I was like, maybe, maybe this might happen. Yeah. What was it, 2012? 15, yeah. well, 12, I think. 2012 for New York. California had like a, a moment before, and then I yeah. think it was nationally in 2015. Right. So is there, how is, um, how has Queer Eye and just the last four years affected your guys' marriage? I think it's actually made us stronger. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's been great having somebody that's been with me from the start, you know, way before any of the fame and the fortune. I mean, I, our first week dating, he paid my cell phone bill for me because it got my phone got shut off and I couldn't text him. He's so like, I he want to see that butt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that face. Little, he used his little student loan money to pay my cell phone bill. Aww. It was a good investment, I think. Yeah, it turned out well. <laughs> turned out Where well. did you guys meet? In New yeah. York. Yeah, we met like days after he moved to New York. And where did you live in New York? Uh, at the time, I lived down in the financial district of Manhattan. And then, and what was your guys' first date like? It was a hookup. Oh. Yeah. And he... He came over. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and he almost didn't come up to the apartment because he was so shy. Yeah, very... Very boundary, yeah. very much respectful um, and boundaries. he almost didn't come up because he had forgot his phone at home. And he was so shy that he thought that if he went to the doorman was like, oh, I'm here to go to apartment 3F, the doorman would have been like, oh, you're going to hook up. <laughs> so he uh, sat outside for an hour trying to get the balls to come in to get, you know, the balls. Yeah. Um, and luckily he did. Uh, yeah. And, and then I, that was, that was, yeah, I've never gotten rid of him since. When did you think, was it that time or was it a subsequent time that you were like, oh my gosh, I think this could be my person? It wasn't that time, no, because I wasn't looking. I was, definitely was not looking. I had just gotten out of a relationship. We didn't, I mean, we started seeing each other almost every day after that, but it wasn't like serious, probably a good six months to a year. Okay, wait, not to take such a hardcore pivot. So meanwhile, mm-hmm. picture it, this one day, I started texting you, a lot because I realize because I love Blown Away I'm a really big fan of the show it's so good love season one obsessed with season two and then you were a guest on season two and I was like or was it three it was two two yeah so season one came out when we were filming Philly yeah and I was obsessed loved it and I started tweeting about how much I loved it yes and Netflix saw that I loved it Uh so when they renewed it for season two they're like hey do you want to come up to Canada and be a guest judge yes like absolutely so I went up. I was a guest judge. I had such a good time. Netflix loved it. Production company loved it. And so when they decided to do a holiday season, um, they asked me to host the whole thing. And that's going to be on this holiday. It'll be this holiday. Okay. So we love that. And I can't wait to see more. Me too. Hopefully we get renewed for season three. Has it made you want to learn how to, like, glass blow stuff? I didn't learn. I wanted to, though. 
But hopefully if I go up there again, Catherine can teach me how to... I think there's a place in Austin. I think there's a thing in Austin. Can you imagine how hot it would be in Austin to do it? Because even when we did it in Canada, it was over 100 degrees in those rooms, and it was negative 5 outside. You don't love... I hate heat. Hot stuff. Hate it. So how was your hair and makeup holding up? Was everything okay? No. 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 So yeah, you're, were you sweating ever? Yeah. Have you ever sweat more than no. than that no. experience? So you know the little scenes that we do up there on the uh, yes. balcony? Oh, because heat rises? Oh, God. It was the same outfit that you had on for the first scene, which the first scene, it's actually like five degrees in there. No. The haven't been turned on yet. No. It's super cold because it's Canada. It was the winter. Um, and then they turn on all the glory holes and it goes up to about 120. Uh, yeah. And so you're, I'm just soaking wet by the time. Like, almost like thought I was going to pass it. No. Yeah, but it's okay. So... You just run outside, it's freezing, and it's great. Okay, so coming coming into Queer Eye, we are in season six. What? <laughs> episode 50-something. What about... And we talked about, like, your most challenging or most rewarding. How has... Do you feel like um, interior design has, like... Has the industry changed since we first started? I think the industry's changed a little bit in the last year because I think our industry has become very much more digital, mm. um, much more virtual. Like I recently became part of a, um, a company called The Expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was launched by Jake Arnold, who's an amazing interior designer. Like he's doing Chris and Keegan's home right now. And it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. But he saw a need for people who still needed interior designers, but with COVID, didn't really want somebody in their home. Right. Didn't have access to a big name designer. And so and now this company called The Expert, it's me, it's um, um, uh, yeah, Leanne Ford, um, every big TV designer you can think of, and not even big TV designers, but like 80, 100 designers, we're all on this platform now. And you can get like 30 minutes or an hour or a two hour session with us. And it's, you're able to get the opinions of award-winning tour designers in your house. And so I think that's how it's changed the most is it's become much more virtual. Okay. Okay, and I didn't mean to like talk about that and then go back to the show, but I think I was still on the show. What are, what do you think that viewers of Queer Eye may not know about your job on Queer Eye? Um, people on Queer Eye may not know. Or like fans of Queer Eye might not know about like what your job is on Queer Eye and like kind of what you do behind the scenes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I've talked about it a lot. Um, you know, people assume that we don't do this all in a week. The actual execution of it really does happen in three days. Yeah. Tuesday to Friday. But there is planning that goes into it. You know, like... But you have to, like, do measurements and... we need measurements. We, you know, like, the big pieces of furniture we have to order because you can't just... Because those always take a minute. Yeah. So there's there's pre-planning, but... Oh, my gosh, and Karamo's back. Dog biscuits? They are. They're Scooby-Doo treats. Oh, we love a Scooby-Doo treat. Like, for dogs or for people? No, for people. Oh, let me have one. Wow. Well, this isn't going to be great for the podcast. Let's all just have a little snack and then <laughs> put it down. I did not need to come and break up. No, I really needed to talk to you for like seven to ten minutes anyway. Oh, they're ginger snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So the measurements take longer than a week, but the actual execution of these makeovers yeah. are literally in a week. It's three days. Tuesday to Friday. Okay, Bobby. This is the point of the podcast where after I interview someone, I'm like, it's Yogi Recess. If you really wanted to say something, we didn't get that moment to say, honey. Is there anything that you just need people to know? That your titties are muscular. Your waist there. is tiny. It's getting there. Your face is beautiful. 
You have. Is there any other ex- exciting upcoming projects that we're allowed to know the about? New, the new season of Blown Away comes out in this fall. Um, I have that amazing new project that I'm doing with Nina West. Yes. So it is a new kids show oh. hosted by Nina West. Yes. So hosted by a drag queen. And it's all about um, being inclusive and uh, loving everybody and accepting everybody. And it's kind of like a mixture of like Peavy's Playhouse meets Mr. Rogers meets like Mrs. Doubtfire. And oh. it's just all about love and acceptance and uh, loving people for who they are no matter how different they are. And it's I think it's going to be really, really good. Oh my God. I feel like that's going to have the same effect on me that... um. Sophia the first had where like my nieces would be watching it and then I was like oh my god the show's really good even though it's for kids I can't help it <laughs> good I mean, and I that's what we want we want it to be a show that also parents will like to watch too yay and we're like Phoebe's Playhouse we love Phoebe's Playhouse but even our parents well my parents did they thought it was <laughs> yeah I think I was watching like Power Rangers all the time in that age I remember I was allowed to watch Phoebe's Playhouse until one day the princess came over mm. and she was gonna go change and she mm. goes <laughs> can I watch my mom never let me watch it. Oh, it's the spirits, honey. Yeah, Can't have it. Lord. Can't have it. Yeah. Bobby, I love you so much. Uh, thank you. thank you for talking to us. We love you more than anything. We love you so much. Karamo, do you want to hold this gorgeous microphone? Uh, sure. First of all, I'm very impressed by you, John. Can I, like, please not to write in the microphone like some sort of fucking... I was literally like... I'm, let's just take a moment, the fact that you're doing this right now remotely I'm very impressed with you I try to like highlight how smart and how brilliant and how resourceful you are because I think it's good for people to know like you are a human being that is on a clear mission and is doing the work to make sure that mission is accomplished um Karamo mm-hmm. you have had you chew it no I don't chew the mic you just said this and I chew your Scooby Doo snack mm-hmm. so you are you know, having a gorgeous year. Very gorgeous year. You are uh, thriving. Freedom, thriving. Living my best life. You're vaccinated. Uh, Anthony just walked <laughs> into the trailer. Um, so, Karamo, you did, you became a single man yes. in the year of 2020. Mm-hmm. Then, then you, uh, then what happened? Um, then there was an election. <laughs> there was an election. There was a lot. My 2020 was the most chaotic 2020 I, year I've ever experienced. And this is from, like, almost trying to commit suicide, almost, uh, like, having parents that, like, this is not me. This is not, didn't happen in 2020, but I'm talking about from my Oh, of your life. Okay, got it. my life, yeah. I was like, Karamo. No, no, of my life. I would not just drop that casually. I I'm mean... Like, be like, yeah, so 20... No, but in the past, like, I've had chaotic years with suicide. Yeah. Drugs were such, a, like, were devastating to me, like... But this so was more much, chaotic than that. This is chaotic. I mean, there was just so much transition in family, my, my mindset, my view for life. It was just felt like me fighting against me consistently to find the true me that was going to be the happiest. And your... Because your sons are how old now? 21 and 24. 21. 21, 24, sorry. Uh, Yes. And so, I mean, because I I think so many families just experienced like a complete recalibration last year. And I think another thing about you that I always kind of forget, but it's like, you are a literal dad. You are a literal patriarch of your family. You are the glue. That is like a different level of pressure that... Like, I literally, I mean, I have cats. 
But that's still some pressure. Well, I, I do think that like five cats and a you, dog. If you move away, those cats are all gonna. But like, I mean, not to like, compare five cats and a dog. I do feel like equals like a toddler. Like probably like the pressure of like a yeah. three year old human. But like you know, because they only talk and like whatever, or like a two year old. I don't whatever. I'm, see, I don't, I don't. I'm not great with whatever. <laughs> but so that was a lot. And I and I think as long as you know, you were saying before, like you know, you're a resourceful queen. You are a resourceful queen. I really commend what you do for your family because you are such a source of strength and glue in your family, which I think is gorgeous. How's your podcast? Um, my podcast is good. Um, the new season's coming out in July. You're my first guest, and your episode has every single person calls me um, from it's on Luminary, which is a, an app, and they call me and they say, This is the best episode we've ever heard. And I'm like, You know, Anthony, Jonathan, and um, Tam were on it. Ew. So rude. So rude. Really, but I felt like you I were really. You guys when you were on my podcast, by the way. But I felt like you were really giving your best <laughs> Ann Curry. By the way, the day. Jonathan, um, Bobby, and Anthony are in here, and I just tried to give them a compliment, and both of them were looking at their phones, and I'm like, So well, when you're as muscular and, oh, and you focused. Know you know what? You know what keeps this show going? What? The fact that we can all tweet each other out of this trailer. You know what? There's a possibility. That's well, like after five that, years. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 I got another uh, Scooby snack. I always, anybody needs to know I always bring snacks. I always have snacks on me. I'm going to be that grandfather that will have. Uh, a thing of snacks around me all the time. Okay, let's do a lightning round of snacks. Yes. Top number one cereal. Um, pops. Pops? Mm-hmm. Corn pops? Yeah, corn pops. Interesting. Number one, uh, sucker candy. Mm, oh, Skittles or Starburst? Yeah. Those Maybe are more chew chewy. Them. Those are more chewy to yeah, me. Chew them, but or I of a sucker. sucker. Um, I got like any type of like generic lollipop. Okay. And then what about like... Strawberry flavor. What about... What about like a cake? What's your favorite favorite flavor of cake? Um, confetti. I love. Oh wait, lightning round. Okay. Favorite food? <laughs> um, steamed fish. That's, That's kind a of lie from the bits of hell. That is not a lie. I love steamed fish. I, but I'm from the Caribbean. I know. I believe that, never, but I've never seen you. I don't. Fish. Well, first of all, I never usually eat when we're all together, and then when we do go out, pull forward first. I'm I'm the only drinker, and so I'm usually oh, drunk by the time any of you. But I feel like being drunk and then like eating steamed fish is not a great combo. No. In about ten minutes. Okay, Thank you. Know. you. We got a ten minute call. Jesus Christ loves yes, us, honey. Okay. This episode is so good. I can't wait. For you to so you have. So podcast is going gorgeously. Season three starting soon. Season three starting soon. Is that other thing? What other thing? That other thing that you told me about that one time, is that something that we're talking about yet? Or is that Not more yet. like, yeah, okay. Go ahead. Well, but but I'm in the new season of Dear White People that would be coming out. Ah, we love that show. We love that show. Why did I literally, I need to have my notes in front of me. I'm not, so, is it, so okay, this oh is major. God. Is it, re, it's reoccurring or no, series regular? No, I'm in four, five episodes. Bitch, yeah. I just know season three you're going to be a series regular. Do you realize that you're going to be a literal series regular on no, a literal no, show? No, 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 you're going to no. be a literal series regular on a scripted show. Our, you're our literally going to get. I mean, do you know that you're literally? Do you know that you're literally going to get? Do you literally know that you're probably literally going to get an Emmy nomination for best supporting actor on that literal <laughs> fucking show? Do you know? No, I do not. With know. the biggest no heart, yeah, <laughs> and ability to act. <laughs> you're very sweet for that, but I tell you, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Is it multicam? It's uh, it is multicam. Is it? But it's like, is it like but not it's a live audio? Single cam. Single cam. It, it's it's is multi-cam, it in a studio? But it feels single cam. No, it's not in a studio. It's not in a studio. Yeah. You're like out in the world, kind of. Yeah. So like we shot on like UCLA's campus. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's all these different scenes, and it's like you're out, just out. Now, when when you did that, was that was that like pandemic shoot? 
pandemic shoot, which is why. Did you have to be in like a bubble? I did. They gave us these actually little pods. Like little pod yeah, things. things yeah. Do you follow Michelle Buteau on Instagram? Yes, I love it. Did that. you see her little First Wives Club bubble they had her, like that zipper thing that was in there? She's so amazing, by the way. I love her so I much. I got introduced to her when she was on your tour. Uh, she's the funniest she's ever. Just and so kind. Yeah. And I just love that she keeps blowing up more and more and more and more and more and more. But so, you, oh, because you love the circle. I love the circle. You loved the circle. Oh my gosh. So, is it, are you guys going to watch it, Anthony or uh, Bobby? Yeah. Can we talk about it? Oh, y'all know that Jonathan's on the new season of the I'm not Just what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Are you going to watch it? Um, I, I can so now. Okay, so did the they just had the final episode, right? Yeah. And did you watch it? I did. Fast forward through if you don't want any uh, season two circle spoilers, but beware if you're going forward, there are going to be some spoilers. So the the I, here's one thing I'll be candid about. I wish I would have understood the show before I did that <laughs> filming. I didn't. I didn't really understand why they were having me do the, that mannequin challenge. Like, because I didn't realize that the whole thing is that they were going to be lying. That people yeah, were going to be yeah. lying. I didn't understand. Yeah. I thought that people were like all being themselves and were just like trying to like do a pretty mannequin head of themselves. <laughs> so I wasn't totally like grasping the assignment. Well, you call you cause like drama and people to go home because once they didn't know about makeup, like there was a guy that was catfishing to be a girl, and the minute he was like. I don't know about makeup or whatever. Everyone knew that he was a 21-year-old girl. That, so, like, you literally said, you sent two people home. Jack. <laughs> so, then, so who's the other person got sent home? Um, I think Lance Bass got sent home that day, too. Or, like, the person who claimed because, like... Because someone he, claimed to be Lance Bass? Yeah, someone claimed to be Lance Bass, his assistant. Why would anyone think that Lance Bass literally would go on that show? Well, because... Lance, Lance's career. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, 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 this is not shady because I love Lance. But like, people have nostalgia with NSYNC. And so, like, he's still like doing a lot of different shows. And so, why wouldn't he do like a reality show? I mean, That's going from shady. hosting The Gay Bachelor to being like a member of the cast of The Circle, honey. But it's very possible because the thing is, is like, see, but what ruined him was that his assistant, they, they were like, why would you need $100,000? And the assistant was like, to do an NSYNC tour nobody was gonna buy that it is so a charity made, exactly if she would have said give it to charity people would have bought it more it's like Lance Bass is already rich so did the person who yeah that's what they said did the person who won were they legitimately themselves or are they playing someone else the person who won was a catfish and I'm so glad they won because they actually really played the game well but actually was a kind person what did, who did they play the game guy. as they played the, the game it was a female playing the game as her husband and pretending to be a single father, even though they're her and her husband are married and have a kid. And so, but she was her authentically. And like, even though she was playing a guy, when she would flirt with the girls, um, because they would flirt with her back, she was always so thoughtful about how she talked to them and communicated. Cause she was like, I want this woman to still feel beautiful and protected and loved. And I was like, hey, even though you did cat this shit, you were still- That's true. <laughs> yeah. But later yeah, they came through and they were like, wow, you play the game, but you were so kind about it. Ah, it was a, it was a really good show. So, Dear White People season two, season, season three. three, three, yeah, season three. And then you also your podcast season three, podcast coming out threes, threes, threes. And then you do, and then, okay, so let's talk about query a little bit. Yes. How do you see? I mean, we've done like fifty something episodes. We're in season six. Is there any stories or like people that you want to be able to stories that you haven't been able to tell that you want to, or subjects that you want to approach that you haven't been able to, or any locations that we haven't been to that you would like love to go to? Um. Well, we'll start backwards. If we go locations, I would really love for us to all do look. Like, if say if we only have one more season of this show, you never know when Netflix. You know, I would say I wanted to do it in the UK. Like, right? Wouldn't we all love a UK season? I, yeah, my husband. Yes, I mean, like, why not? We have your husband. We have Tanny. 
Like I would love That's a my, UK. We have my my Irish British. I was gonna have to like cats, get yeah. all my cats over there. Yeah, we can we can figure that. But I would love to do a UK season. Um, as far as like heroes or people that meant the most to me, I think the ones that mean the most to me are the ones that are willing to be completely vulnerable and not contrived vulnerable. Um, and you know that's no shade, but like some people, if we're gonna take the veil off, they come on our show, especially now in season six, and they just they already have an impression of what they need to do with all of us, and they don't realize that the five of us read through that so quickly, and that it's like don't do that because all we're gonna do is fight against that, and then we're gonna spend more time when we could be really helping you, fighting against you, pretending to yeah be doing it because I do feel like. I mean, you have such, when we can, I feel like when that wall isn't up and we don't have to spend our time breaking through that wall, I feel like we can have such authentic connections. Authentic. You just that are long lasting. Long lasting. You feel it. And then when they're, they're not, it's like, it's like uh. now. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And then from the season, there's nothing really, you know, my journey on the show has been, you know, from fake hairlines to, you know, fake hairlines to building um, websites. I'm so happy that they allowed that to stop. <laughs> They're like, build a website. I'm like, girl, girl I'm here just to have a conversation. I love... You didn't build that website. But, but I love what you have done with... But I love what you've done with culture and I love what you have done on this show. I love how you connect with people. I love that how you've helped destigmatize asking for help, which oh, I think is so important. Girl. So they are calling us. They're beckoning us. We're going to go back this inside. So we'll, be, we'll be right back with more Getting Curious after this. Hi, and Hello. So Wait, so first things first. Yes. Um, you've interviewed everyone else? Uh, yeah, Bobby Carmo Tan, we did. So this is like a best for last situation? It's a Vanessa so Williams. It's a proper Vanessa Williams one. Great. You never know if we're going to edit it that way, though. You know how editing works. But I think we should. Well, I, Karamo also requested to go last. You know, we well, don't want to... we are. He's he's ominously standing behind your shoulder. I bite you for the last. One. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like any of you guys are going to actually listen to this podcast, so it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> don't lie on my podcast. How many episodes have you listened to? I right, listen, I listened to the one that I was in. Right, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, you're lying. Yeah, I spoke French. So. Anthony, yeah. we just wrapped um, a gorgeous like makeover. We're gonna go do one more little baby thing. How has Queer Eye changed your life? I mean, that's a loaded question. Obviously, there's like all of the you know the the kind of the obvious changes of like being thrust into public life and all of that. But I think it definitely has me looking at how I approach other work in terms of like what we do like yes it's a job but it does give you a sense of meaning and purpose when you're actually helping somebody when you take all of like the clutter and all of the you know the the, the gifts and the, the makeovers and all of that out of the way um that was just Tan um picking up his bag rudely his Fred Siegel bag um and walking out I thought I could do it so quietly <laughs> well you didn't um and uh but I think it really does have me looking at like the way that I approach my work in terms of trying to figure out that everything, that, that there's always like a sense of purpose or always a sense of meaning. Sure, you know, there are endorsements and other things like that that I'm going to do, but in terms of like even programming and the kind of stuff that I want to do in the future and just making sure that I kind of get that same 
um, scratch itched, if that makes sense, with other stuff that I tend to do. And so it's basically what I hear you saying is it's giving you an ability to like do more creative things that you wanted to do, but you have like a more like discerning eye because it's like, what do you do next? Sure. And, and like, why am I doing it? Like, what are the reasons? Is it for my ego or is it actually to better something, whether it's visibility or to tell stories that haven't been told or just to put a spotlight on, on, on something specific? Um, yes. Favorite, favorite food moment on Queer Eye Ever? Favorite food moment on Queer Eye Ever? Okay, season one, episode one. Oh, we're going there. Yeah, we're going there. Okay. Um, but not where, I th- where you think I'm going. So we were sitting in the back and Tom came into his new backyard mm-hmm. that Bobby and his team just redid. Yep. And um, we had lemonade mm-hmm. that set set up for us to drink. And mm-hmm. They wanted us to drink it, but it was a full lemon juice like that with the ascorbic acid, like that crappy like plastic bottle real lemon juice. Yeah, and it was just that, and we had to drink it. And the way your face is you didn't. Up, I didn't ba- Bobby I and I did. You and Bobby took large gulps. Yeah, it was like I thought it was lemonade. Hundred and twenty degrees, and they, they just said that it was lemonade, and you had to pretend like you liked it. And I think that's actually when I, it was the first moment where I learned that you loved me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I faked it. Because you faked it. It's like this delicious. <laughs> Your lemonade. face was so contorted. It was literal, you were drinking acid. <laughs> so you still smiled lovingly at me and that's what I knew. I knew you loved me when you helped me carry my bags when my toe got ripped, when my big toenail got ripped off. I also continue to help you carry your bags. I, Even I my big toenail isn't ripped off. Yeah. So what about your favorite queer eye moment ever just moment favorite queer eye moment um i would say when we finished mama tammy's episode we were just in atlanta for like what five and a half months and i think jen lane our lovely showrunner and ep gave us a 50 dollars bill and we were driving back to where we were staying and we all passed by mcdonald's and it wasn't enough <laughs> we had to put in our own money and we ate a disgusting amount of food and we felt so sick um, it was delicious though that was a fun bonding moment and, and we all got to like enjoy it together I love a good McDonald's moment Same. I think Japan with you was really some of my most fun moments I had with you I, I couldn't believe we were there that was you really fun Mario Kart I did teach you Mario Kart we used to play we should play more Mario Kart. Well, I got a Game Boy now that my cousin David sent You have a vintage me. one. Vintage Game Boy with the original Tetris and the original Mario. It immediately takes me back to childhood, and I find myself getting grumpy when someone's trying to distract me and they want something from me because I'm so in the game. So, uh, wait. So, one thing that I've been talking to the, to the other boys about is... So... Queer Eyes Change Your Life a lot. It has given you lots of opportunities you never knew you'd have. Um, I think... I understand the loadedness of it. We don't even have to get into that, so that's cute. But of, like, the 27,000 other projects that you do have brewing, how many are you allowed to talk about? One. One, which is? Very excited. I actually, um, we are just completed the script for Girls and Boys. Yes. Working on with uh, Kenya Bears and his team over at Netflix, which is uh, a rom-com about fluidity. Yes. Something I feel like I've never really seen, which kind of ties back into, like, the sort of work that I kind of want to do. When you don't see yourself in something, create that something. Yes. You know? And I have this wonderful relationship with Netflix as my, you know, work mom and dad, and so we're exploring that together, and it's super fun, and it's with um, Andrew Reimer and Jeff Chan. Um, they uh, are writers on uh, Pen15. 
love and they Pen15. Have you seen Plus One? No. The rom-com with the lead where they go to... Anyway, they're fucking brilliant. And I love these two. And they're so funny. And, and it's going to be a scripted series. No, it's going to be a scripted uh, Move feature. Yeah. Get it together, Jonathan. Yeah. Scripted feature. Uh-huh. What is different about... Because this is your first feature that you're producing, yes. right? Yeah. So, and at this stage in your in the production and finishing scripting and casting and all that, what has been the thing that's like surprised you most about just to how far you've gotten? I don't know if this answers the question, but it does. Like, I really do feel, and this isn't um, meant as being disparaging to like anybody that I. I really feel like everyone is truly figuring it out as they go. Like even in creative calls where I'm asked to come up with answers and I would stress out and like spend a week over like, how should the film finish? Or like, what about one of like the climactic points? And like, how do we address that? And I would stress out because I always want to give the very best answer. But I think the solution, like the the solve for that is just give something and be like willing to make mistakes. And just like, because everyone's just trying to figure it out. Even somebody who's produced like 20 or 30 films. And it's like, just like, don't take it too seriously, even though it like is a really big deal. And I will continue to take it seriously in some ways. But you don't like squeeze the fun out of the joy of the process. Yeah. Um, so, so that's a really big deal. Your yeah. gorgeous feature. There is, is there any facet of entertainment that you want to get into that you haven't done like in this stage like do you want to have like a gorgeous like Mark Wahlberg moment where you oh no you already did that you've already been an underwear model I definitely um twice and so I'm (laughs) I'm it's true oh yeah twice yeah twice so I here's the thing like I'm still I want to honor kind of like this this incredible opportunity that I've had with Queer Eye and the food space is something that's incredibly important to me and that I love I have a second cookbook coming out this fall which I'm really excited about um, which you may or may not have a little cameo in so what is it is it is it violin is it is it touring musician is uh, it so so is it, is it is it a series so look, scripted I think is something that you know was my original passion it's why I originally moved to New York I'm also very interested in what's going on with Poland right now. I know we were just talking about that earlier, but like I'm taking Polish lessons every week and kind of like reworking on like that muscle memory. And it's Are you going to become a senator in Poland? Coming. I will not become a senator in oh. Poland. I think you have to be a Polish citizen for that. Oh. But I want to like, I think it's important to develop content there so that people like us can see them. Drive, yeah. There isn't a lot of that going on right now. Yeah. How is that for you? I mean, you're, you are literally Polish. I'm, so I'm, it's, I mean. Well, you're Canadian Polish. Canadian Polish, yeah. But first generation, I'm the first one in my family born outside of Poland. So everyone was born there. So is it kind of like a, does that give you, it gives you anxiety, no? Like just being worried about what's, because there's a lot, what's going on in Poland? I mean, basically like it's a whole mess. There's this leading political party called the PIS, which is basically America pre-Biden. Um, and so it's yeah, like MAGA. It's like it's, Poland it's, it's, MAGA. It's, it's very MAGA, but it's also like PAGA. Oh, wait, MAPA, make Poland. That doesn't work as, as great. Well, yeah. It was the first draft. Yeah. Um, but there's also, um, like, I don't know if you were, if you heard about like the Strajkobiet, the women's strike, which like abortions are banned right now. And I think Poland, in terms of women's rights and LGBTQIA plus rights, it's kind of a shit show and it's kind of like very medieval age. What's giving us like right early now? Handmaid's Tale like season, exactly. yeah, like the flashbacks. Oh, I watched episode four yesterday. I did too. It was really good. Oh, so. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so good. Um, let's go in the bathroom, Anthony. Yeah, let's go in the bathroom. We're going in the bathroom to continue our interview. 
So now we're going into a very small bathroom. With a weirdly scented candle called Beach Getaway. Beach Getaway. We're going to blow it out. Thank you. Um, because we are just going to... Yeah, we, this is quieter. So, what... What has been the most rewarding part of Queer Eye? Or, no, no, no. What has been the most rewarding part of being Anthony Porosky in, in the way that you've been Anthony Porosky, in the way that you are Anthony Porosky? What's your most rewarding part of this job, of your career? I think the rewarding part started out as something that was causing me a lot of stress, where suddenly I felt like I had a sense of duty or responsibility to other people. Um, and just to kind of like do the right thing professionally and make sure that I'm constantly advancing and like leading it back to like your question about the type of work that I want to do and just whether it's spreading visibility through storytelling and all that and like wanting to get involved through Poland. It was something that stressed the hell out of me because it dealt, it had me kind of like look at my Polish identity and the fact that I feel like it's something that I've neglected for a while, but instead I've kind of looked at it as like an opportunity to kind of like lean into that full force and it was like nothing that I ever planned for my life. Like this wasn't the way that I'd kind of scripted it out in my brain as like my own little personal music video. But now I'm seeing it as, it's like like with anything that happens in life that kind of like shocks you and surprises you, you suddenly can switch it and you can't change the situation. My therapist always says like, you can either do nothing, you can change the, try to change the situation or you can leave, or it's like a combination of those. Oh, I love that. Eckhart Tolle says that, which is fierce. Or you can change your pers- the way you look at the situation, which is most often what it is. What is something that you learned about anything in 2021 so far that you think is really interesting? Something I've learned in 2021. Um, oh, the first thing that came to mind is I'm so I'm going to be a homeowner. And it is the most stressful thing. There are much more things. For anybody listening, I'm sure you're going through things that are a lot more stressful than that. But for somebody like me, who literally up until the age of 27 or 28 would like walk around with a backpack with like a spare set of clothes, like I just like being a nomad and not owning things and like not having possessions to have like to feel that responsible and having a dog now it's just like very I feel like I've been growing up and I've just that that's been something that I didn't realize I thought I would enjoy it more not that I don't enjoy it but it's like the the things that keep me up at night yeah well because I think the other thing too like I mean I'd never thought that I would like own a home or like be in a position to do that but it's like it's a gigantic investment like you're putting like all of this money that you've like worked you know given a lot of yourself to get so I do think it's like it's like a nuance like it's there are more stressful things but it is like it's no. it's like an adult For type sure. of stress that you just are like yes. <laughs> yeah it's like just having ownership and like you, you being responsible for something I yeah. think is what it kind of boils down to what do you think people would be surprised to know about you that you think maybe people don't know you have really sensitive everyone knows that I have very sensitive nipples because that's been documented yeah, on Instagram very heavily during every single press tour that we've ever had so what's something else that people may not know but you think is like oh, this interest I snore ah which has been brought to my attention by calf calf in the past but at the same yeah because I do this thing where at 5 o'clock in the morning I wake up automatically no matter what uh-huh. and I turn on my back and then it gets bad and then it gets bad but it has gotten <laughs> better since I've been doing my 9 hours of traditional Chinese medicine over tell the- us a little <laughs> bit about this okay so I have this um incredible like I don't even want to call him a masseur because it's so like it's it's, it's very, Chinese medicine it's traditional Chinese medicine so we're working with like 
your chi system and the different seasons when it's active and when it's not active and like the meridians and to be honest like 98% of it I don't really understand but I see how much it's like changed the way what has it benefited like better sleep I sleep more intensely and like a regular eight hours and also after I work out like I love to be active and like running and I used to always think like oh my muscles hurt so much at the end of the week because I'm straining myself so hard and it was always like connective tissue and joints it wasn't actually muscle and right now like my recovery is very different and it's a lot less painful because now he's kind of like spent the past four months like moving connective tissue and stuff around um and it's been like a hell of a commitment and as i've told you like one of the most painful things i've like ever endured but i only like nice touchies this is not nice touchies none of it is nice there's not even a pat on the back when after the three hour session Okay, so this is getting to the part of our interview where it's like, what is there anything that you are just really wanting the people to know that I have not asked? It is, what is it? That you think I'm gorgeous? That you think, what? I think you look... What are you excited for? Anything that we haven't talked about? You know what? I'm really excited about this season. It's really nice to... I was like a little stressed, I think, of the first couple of weeks just being around so many people after I've been kind of a hermit for the past year with my boyfriend and my dog, which has been really lovely in so many ways. But I think a lot of me, I like lied to myself and told myself like, oh, how nice this is every single day. But I really miss that human contact. Like that extrovert side of me is definitely mm-hmm. been neglected. And so being back on set, like I feel like a new pep in my step. I was really relieved feeling like, it's like when you like haven't seen a really good friend for a long time. Like, I hope it's not awkward when you see each other for the first time. And I did feel like we really picked up right where we all left off and it didn't really feel awkward coming back, which was I was really happy about. I mean, it's even more extreme. It's like, have you seen the extra gum commercial? Yeah. The one where like everyone's coming back and like making out with <laughs> each other, like oh, yeah. in the water. Like <laughs> that's what's going on in my brain and my heart like every day now. Oh, I love like, that. Like, back. Yeah. Uh, thanks for talking to us, Auntie. We yeah. love you. We love you, Aunt. Cromo. We gotta step into his office. Well, do you want to step into my office? Sure. It's really just a blue couch. No. Oh, I like to be last. (laughs) Well, I mean, I could always edit you last. Yeah, edit me last. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. This week's episode was recorded on set of Netflix's Queer Eye with Tan France, Bobby Burke, Karamo Brown, and Anthony Porowski. You'll find links to their work in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much, Quinn, for letting us use it. And if you enjoyed our show, please introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe. Don't be selfish or you got to tell people how to find that little thing on your phone, the little icon that says podcast, or get over there on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. There's so many places that you can really find it. Also, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CuriousWithJVN. Our socials are really doing so much good work, keeping track of our past guests, letting you know about their new projects, even keeping our eyes out on other news things that are keeping us interested keeping us uh, occupied our brain space moving so you can follow us on Curious with JVN for all of that our socials are run and curated by Emily Bosick our editor on the show is Andrew Carson and our transcriptionist is Alita Vunsha Getting Curious is produced by me Erica Ghetto and Emily Bosick 